This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 343, Comic Reviews of the Week of Wednesday, January the 27th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 343. It's our reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, January the 27th. We'll get into the show in just a second, just for some housekeeping. As always, if you want to email us, you can do so at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Uh... We have uh, some really good, exciting episodes coming up in the next couple of months. Uh, we're going to have a, a Daredevil, sorry, Daredevil, a Deadpool Spotlight episode where we talk about the Deadpool movie after it releases, as well as an episode uh, time to talk about the um, Batman v Superman movie when that is released, uh, breaking down that film as well. Uh, we've got some very exciting interview episodes coming up over the course of the next few months that we're scheduling at the moment. Uh, some of the highlights, I believe, first week of March, I believe, at the moment at least, uh, we're going to have an interview with the legendary Jerry Conway, which I'm very excited about. Uh, We also will have episodes later on uh, recording in March, we're doing episodes with Dennis Hopeless, who's currently writing all new X-Men and also wrote Avengers Arena and Avengers Undercover, as well as other books. Uh, we're also going to have an interview with Christos Gage, uh, which is going to be really exciting. And then we're also going to speak with J.M. DeMatteis, uh, and that's going to be in April. So we've got a lot of good stuff coming down the pike um, that I'm very excited about and people I can't wait to talk to and have on the show and, and uh, discuss um, their careers in comics, certain things they've worked on, etc. So I'm I'm really excited. Hopefully you will be too. If you want to send us ideas for questions for these particular writers, um, please send them in to comicshenanigans at gmail.com. I'll try and integrate them into the show um, and give you a shout-out as well for having uh, suggested the question. Anyways, uh, let's jump into releases from the week of Wednesday, January the 27th. Uh, this will just be kind of a quick and dirty reviews episode. Not a lot of time today, but I did want to make sure we got some reviews out. Uh, first up is All New Avengers, sorry, All New All Different Avengers number four. Now you can actually, if you want, go over to superiorspidertalk.com and read my uh, actual review of this book as I write um, reviews for this particular title over there. I give the issue a six and a half out of ten. Um, I think part of the things that drew it de- brought it down for me, first of all, was the art. I wasn't a huge fan of Mahmoud Azrar here. I've liked his work in the past. I just was not overly taken with his art, uh, his take on this book. And I think the, the first, th- you know, maybe third of the issue, uh, maybe fourth, um, I didn't really like the way that Wade was using Jarvis. I get the idea that, you know, you're not going to have the Avengers without Jarvis, but it almost feels antiquated to even have Jarvis around anymore, just because, obviously, in the movies, his presence has been taken over now that you have the AI. Uh, he doesn't really show up even in the Iron Man book, so he's not the institution he once was. He's not... You know, the thing that you always used to... Ha- you had to have uh, Jarvis if you had the Avengers before. But also, you used to have the Avengers Mansion. It feels weirder to have him going out to this, like, Avengers warehouse, I guess we want to call it. Um, at least the Stark Tower made more sense. So, it feels a little tacked on. But then the issue Billy picks up. we got a great fight against Cyclone. I love the characterization between the team. Uh, the idea that the younger characters are still kind of finding their feet as Avengers. And everyone's kind of in roles that they're a little uncomf- uncomfortable with or aren't quite used to to. Um, so I really, I, I dug that part, but on the whole, I'm going to give the issue a 6.5 out of 10, just because I think that although there were some really strong elements in the script by uh, Mark Wade, I don't know if it was necessarily enough to make me forget about the things that didn't work. Uh, next up is Aquaman 48. 
which I believe is the last issue by Colin Bunn, which is a shame because I think he's gotten a lot of flack for his run on, on Aquaman. And I actually really enjoyed this issue that kind of brings it to a close. Our, our work is by uh, Vicente Cifuentes. And um, for the most part, I think he does a really good job with the art here. There's a few panels where I'm like, uh, okay, the details were a little sparse. But for the most part, I thought this was a strong conclusion. Um, uh, great characterization. It's really nice to see Aquaman and Mira together again. I'm excited to kind of see where they go from here and to see if how much of you know the status quo that we have after the end of the storyline is ever even carried forward for the new run at all. Because uh, the new writer, I believe, with next issue is Dan Abnett. Um, I think this run got a bad rap. I like this issue. I'm going to give it an 8. I think it's a solid read. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's enjoyable. I mean, it's... Aquaman is still, for me, better than it's ever been in a lot of ways. I mean, maybe it's not quite as strong as some of the Jeff Parker, um, Jeff John stuff, but it's still a good Aquaman read. Like, I'm not even a huge Aquaman fan, but I've been become a fan since the New 52. So one, you know, once again, good good on the uh, New 52 for making me actually interested. Um, and I, I I'm enjoying it generally as a book. Uh, next up is Daredevil number three by Charles Sewell and Ron Garney. Man, Ron Garney's art in this is just fantastic. I mean, I also have to give props to Matt Miller, the color artist, because the colors, or lack thereof in some ways, is a huge part of what makes this such a visually distinct book and makes it so different from other iterations of the character, just because it's so noirish. It's obvious that they're trying to go to a a more kind of um, uh, darker take on the character to kind of bring us back in so that... kind of fits more with the daredevil tv show um really dug how this was written um yeah it's really well done by charles sewell really kind of intriguing i love the idea that the ten fingers and how he's being portrayed again the art is just gorgeous by ron garney really big fan i it's it's just visually very distinct and uh, memorable um it's really good. And we're getting, again, more tantalizing hints as to what exactly happened and why Daredevil's kind of given up Kirsten and everything else for this life and for what he's currently doing. We're still not quite getting there, but at least we're getting these these breadcrumbs are slowly being uh, dribbed out for us. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8. Next up is Extraordinary X-Men number 6 by Jeff Lemire and Victor Ibanez. Um, it's okay. Uh, Ibanez does a good job of kind of maintaining a, a visual style and, and tone that is similar to Humberto Ramos, although not nearly as exaggerated. Um, the story is it's definitely more character-oriented here as opposed to like a big action brawler uh, that's all plot, um, with the team ending up in Weird World, and then we're slowly kind of going back and forth between time jumps to kind of see how we got to this point and how... Um, the X-Men are, you know, working as mentors and teachers with the next generations. Um, it was okay. I wasn't, I'm, something's lacking. Something's not quite, you know, bringing me in. And I wanted to enjoy this more than I did. It just, it left me a little cold and indifferent. I'm going to give it a six. Uh, next up is Grayson. I had read on things online about how it was fantastic. And I was like, well, it can't possibly be that fantastic. Nope, it was. It was great. Um... It's written by Tim Seeley and Tom King. Actually, they do the story. The actual dialogues by Tom King and Mikhail Yannan on art. It remains an absolutely gorgeous book. It's fast-paced, action-oriented. Um, obviously, a very heavy uh, slant towards kind of um, making fun of or parroting, at the same time, straight-up homaging uh, the tropes of the spy genre, specifically James Bond. Uh, this was great. 
I enjoyed this immensely. Probably the best book I've read all week. Uh, I'm going to give this a 9.5, which I almost never do, but I think this is pretty close to like a kind of a perfect comic. It's just, it has a lot of characterization, uh, moves the plot along, uh, action, intrigue, and a sense of fun and adventure, uh, which is weird too because it doesn't feel like it in any way uh, encapsulates or references, sorry, references is probably a better word, in no way really references the status quo shift after Robin War number two. Uh, that being said, I don't really care because it's such a great book that I, it, it's one of those times when a book is so good and so compelling and so interesting to read that it silences that continuity nerd that lives in my head. And that is no small feat because that is a loud nerd in my head. Uh, next up is Canaan number 10. Um, man, I really dig this book. Um, every issue, I'm just kind of like, man, what, what are they going to do next? You know, like, um, I really like the artwork by Pepe Larise. Greg Wiseman's doing a great job with the writing. Um, I'm really just a fan of how they're portraying um, Kanan and, you know, him and his relationship with his master and also the relationship with, like, the different uh, clone troopers that they're teamed up with, uh, which definitely here is, you know, kind of hard to take because uh, it looks like, uh, well, it's not confirmed because the villain says it, but definitely looks like um, the buddy of uh, Kanan has died. The So this was really well done. Um, it remains one of the books I kind of look forward to reading every week. Um, every time it comes out, I'm just like, it needs to be at the top of the pile. And considering it's about a character that I know nothing about because I don't watch Rebels, that's saying a lot. You know, they, they've really made me uh, buy in. Next up is Old Man Logan number one. This I'm actually going to give it a 9 out of 10. Um, it's a, it takes a little bit to get going, but it's really strong. Written by Jeff Lemire, artwork by Andrea Sorrentino. Sorrentino's artwork is what sells this and makes it so thrilling. I mean, the writing's okay, too, but... And there's nothing... To, you know, I don't want to take away from what... Um, what you call it? What Lemire does. But really, Sorrentino's the big star here. Uh, I'm really excited to kind of see what happens next, because we're get, definitely getting a sense that Old Man Logan has a reason for being here, which is what we don't get from Extraordinary X-Men. We get that he's just kind of around, and then they grab him, and now he's on the X-Men. Whereas here, it's before that happens, because we don't get any sense that he's met them yet. And instead, it's a sense of, what does this man out of time do now that he's in the past? He's going to try and avert his future through any means possible. Uh, this, this is a fantastic debut. I'm really excited to see what comes next. Uh, so I'm going to give that a 9. And next up, is, and last, is Superman and Lo- Superman, Lois and Clark number 4. Remains a really enjoyable read. Um, I like the flashback parts as well. It's written by Dan Jurgens, artwork by Lee Weeks and Marco Santucci. Um, I just, it's so nice to see Superman feeling like Superman. Um, and that's what we get here. Now, the, the villain and the way they use Henshaw and then the... Um, the Europa, the spaceship that's getting cl- or the spaceship that's getting closer and closer to Earth. I'm not as interested in that plotline, uh, but the rest, just the idea of you know the fact that we even get to see Clark and Lois in Metropolis in the past. It's just a really cool concept to see what it's like, and them kind of seeing the differences between the two universes. And it's very meta, but very enjoyable. I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. Um, some of the books I did not get a chance to read yet or talk about include the following, or at least at least are some of the highlights, uh, which include new issues of Cyborg, Deathstroke, Justice League 3001, Justice League of America, uh, Teen Titans, Superman, uh, East of West, Saga, Southern Bastards. I can't believe I missed that. i got to read that. Um, Angela, Queen of Hell, uh, Carnage. Can't wait to read that either. I've heard a lot of good things. 
about that particular issue. Howling Commanders Agents, Howling Commanders of Shield, which I think has been kind of a real surprise hit for me. Uh, Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur, Spider Woman, and Venom Space Knight. Uh, if we look forward to comics that are coming out today, well, I'm recording this on the th- on the first of February. But in speaking of the February third releases, some of the highlights that are coming up this week. Uh, are the new issue of Barbed Wire, we got new issues of Batgirl, Action Comics, there's a Bizarro Trade Paperback coming out, I guess that's the most recent series I would imagine, uh, there's a new issue of Midnighter, there's the new Suicide Squad Volume 2 Trade Paperback, uh, the first Trade Paperback of Prez, I believe this is the new title, not the old legacy title, um, from IDW, a new issue of Donald Duck and Uncle Scrooge, as well as Walt Disney Comics and Stories, kind of surprised all three of them are coming out in one week. Um, at least Mickey Mouse isn't coming out as well. Otherwise, they'd be all through all their Disney material in one week. Um, there's also Manhattan Project's hardcover volume two is coming out, uh, as well as uh, Walking Dead 151. Over at Marvel, we have A Force number two, a new issue of Amazing Spider-Man, um, Captain America, Sam Wilson number six, We've got a new issue of Doctor Strange, Deadpool, Mercs for Money number one. However, the Duck number four, Invincible Iron Man number six is kind of starting that new storyline. Another issue of Nova, the second issue of Obi-Wan and Anakin. Um, the launch of Spider-Man with uh, Miles Morales, which is a big deal. Third issue of Spidey, which I'm slowly warming up to a little. Uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man Omnibus, which is exciting that that's actually coming out. Um, Uncanny Avengers number five, Uncanny X-Men number three, Uncanny X-Men hardcover volume one, and Vision number four, as well as I believe uh, the next issue of Klaus, Klaus or Claus, Claus number three, which I'm very excited to uh, to read. So that's coming up. Uh, well, when this episode goes up, it'll basically be coming out today. So thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll catch you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>